It's time for the All Things Strange podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine the paranormal, UFOs, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can find all of our wonderful links in the description on the link tree, including our Facebook, our email, merchandise, and more. This week's episode, Subliminal Messages. Subscribe to Patreon. (laughs) 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 Um, That actually, that's not going to... Probably, I'll probably edit that out because it probably be, won't even make it past the noise gate. But all right, subliminal messages. This is a really fun topic. I found all kinds of really cool stuff on this. And it's also kind of creepy. I remember I watched oh, yeah. an X Files episode where they had subliminal messaging, and it was, it was very creepy. Yeah, that's the one where they had machines and whatnot telling people to kill, and then they did. And then at the very end, Something flashes, like Mulder sees it. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. It was just like, thank you or something. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. That, that was a good one, though. That was a good episode for sure. All yeah, right. This is a very good, very good topic. There's all sorts of different ways you could take this topic. I kind of chose to take it like the fun route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like there's so many levels to this kind of stuff. And I truly believe that like, well, this is definitely going on. Like uh, our subconsciouses are being molded. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. So many different ways, you know. Let me guess. You looked into the Disney angle. Just guessing. I did. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> let's wait for that just a second. Let me do a little bit of a, a little intro here. So subliminal yeah. messages, what are they? Do they work? Am I using them on you right now to control your mind? Maybe, but if I am, I'm not going to tell you. It's also known as subliminal stimuli, but nobody calls it that. Everybody calls it subliminal messages. Now, we've seen this stuff portrayed in movies and TV shows forever, for ages and ages. The basic idea is that people can be controlled without their knowledge. They might get a craving for a soda or hunger for a particular fast food burger. But they also hint at more sinister uses as well. And the way this is achieved is by some kind of message that we cannot consciously perceive. So that might be, you know, audio that is so quiet that you don't know that it's there, but your subconscious mind picks up on it. It could be something that's hidden in a picture. And I'll talk about some examples of some of these things later. But as far as pop culture is concerned, there are many many examples. I chose a handful of them here just to illustrate. For example, in the movie Serenity, which is the finale of the TV show Firefly. I'm sure everybody out there has seen it. I don't know if I'd call it a finale. I would call it, you know, a a throw out to the fans. Like, we're so sorry we canceled this awesome show after one season. Here's the next five seasons crammed into one movie. We're sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And that was a pretty solid show. pretty awesome. There was only one episode that I didn't like, and that was the one, I think it might have been the last episode, where that bounty hunter guy was like, he got on the ship and he was like trying to 
get them or something. Yeah, that one was, it didn't go with the flow of the show because it wasn't fun at all. It was just kind of sinister. It was was weird and it was poorly done. And I suspect that that particular episode may have been rushed through production, which is why it didn't go over so well. But that's it. All of the other episodes I actually really enjoyed. It's a kind of a goofy show, but it has a lot going for it. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of a low budget show too, but it, like it, it did, it, it was whoever was uh, running that show was very efficient because they obviously didn't have a super high budget, but it was you know very well made and like the characters were all casted very well too. Like they're all likable, you know, in their own ways. Yeah, the head guy for that show was the Buffy the Vampire Slayer guy. What's his name? Uh, I forget. I forget oh, his, I name, his name. He's he's done a lot of that stuff. That actually makes sense because they're both very campy. They have that same feel to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, so, oh God, now it's going to bother me what, what that guy's name is. Anyways, so anyways, the movie, Serenity. He's done a bunch of, but anyways, in the movie Serenity, the character River Tam is given subliminal prompts through videos and TV commercials and things like that that trigger a pre-programmed response in her. So she's walking around normally and she gets this subliminal message and she starts going berserk. So that's just one example in the show. It basically, it's like mind control, right? But this, in this case, it's pre-programmed. Um, there's also another example is we actually talked about is this idea during the satanic panic that certain bands were using backmasking to insert subliminal messages to make people worship the devil or whatever. What was the band on the documentary we watched? The- Judas Priest. So Judas Priest had to go to court yeah. Because they had subliminal messaging, or so people claimed, in their music telling people to commit suicide. Well, they didn't. Mm-hmm. So there were messages that said, do it. and But what does do it really mean? It, D- can't it mean rock out? It sounded <laughs> like me. It did sound like the song had the words do it in there several times. Like They played examples. It sounds very clearly like it's saying do it. But it... It doesn't say kill yourself. It could be a subliminal message to just kind of make the song more exciting. It doesn't really mean anything. Do it. Do what? You know? But then they the idea the idea was that they there's these two teenagers and one of them committed suicide. The other tried to commit suicide but was but failed and uh, his face was oh my god. Like he came on the camera. I was like, "Oh. Oh geez. Like it's, it's a shame that woke me up, and yeah, it was really unfortunate. And um, it, it reminded me of the, a character from that show, Preacher. But I bet that's where that character from Preacher is based on. But oh. uh, yeah, this guy was horribly disfigured from this accident, and they blamed it on the music that made them try. Well, one of them did commit suicide, but it was so weird to me seeing that band with their funky '80s hair, like all. Yeah. In normal clothes in court, and like you see them and you know who they are, but they're in such this this formal setting. The problem yeah, is, you know, I've actually I've actually seen Judas Priest live. Oh, no kidding! They're they're pretty damn good. It was at an Ozfest, and um, I want to say it was like two thousand three or something like that, something like that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, the the lead singer, uh, what was his name, Rob uh, Rob Halford, I think. Uh, he came on stage like riding like a Harley, all all decked out in his like leather gear and like. Whips and chains and no chains and whips. <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of hilarious. He like sat there and revved the engine for a couple of seconds. Rom 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 rom, and then they started off. I forget what the first song they played was, but it, it was a pretty good concert. It yeah. was a uh, they were they were badass. I went the only Ozfest I've been to is '99, 
Dude, it was so uh-huh. good. But maybe we'll talk about that in the after hours because let's get yeah. back to the show. So yeah, anyways, the the long and short of it is they were accused of putting subliminal messages in their music. But the problem is that it hasn't been conclusively proven that even if there were messages in there and they didn't conclusively prove that there were messages, it hasn't really been proven that you could make somebody commit suicide. In fact, the opposite seems to be the case where you couldn't make somebody commit suicide you might be able to convince them to do something, but definitely not kill themselves. Well, it's kind of like hypnosis, actually. There is an argument out there that under hypnosis, you wouldn't do anything to compromise your life. Yeah, remember we did that. Like we talked survival about, instincts. But there, there yeah. is evidence suggesting that there are techniques using hypnosis that could get you to do certain things. Maybe not kill yourself, but do certain things that uh, you wouldn't normally do. But for that, go listen to our episode on hypnosis. hypnosis. That was a fun one. But there is definitely some overlap here between this and hypnosis. That's one thing I thought about when I was watching this, but it's not quite the same. So the next example I have is uh, of the IT crowd. There's an episode. Uh, have, have you see, you've seen the IT crowd, right? Agent Funny Ether? stuff. And I think I showed you an episode once or twice, Agent ETA, but... It's a, I've, I've seen like clips and stuff, but I've never seen a, an episode. It's a comedy. And in one of the episodes, Douglas makes a video with a subliminal photograph of himself lying on a bed in his underwear. And he inserts this into a video to, in an attempt to seduce the character, Jen. <laughs> and they also put this picture in the, uh, the end credits. The difference here is that the picture, when you see it, it's quite obvious that it's there. <laughs> you know, you can see it. Whereas subliminal messages, the idea is that your conscious mind does not perceive it. So even if you you put it in a movie, like one frame out of a movie, fr- movies have a frame rate of 24 frames a second. It used to be a projectionist. Uh, so even one twenty-fourth of a frame or of a second, you m- would possibly perceive that. So even that would be too slow to be subliminal. So we're talking about like really, really quick. Uh, I read about one study where the guy was, he did it uh, one one thousandth of a second was what was he, he was testing that kind of a speed. So very, very quick or very hard to detect. But anyways, that one was absolutely hilarious. And of course, Jen was like, what was that? (laughs) You know, pretty funny example. We talked about the X-Files one and my personal favorite, the subliminal messages in the movie, They Live. Have you oh, seen yeah. this movie, Agent Ether? I don't know. Have I seen it? It if is. If I did, I probably saw it with you. It is so good. This is one of my favorite movies. And oh, yeah. everything from billboards to sale signs to television, everything has subliminal messages that can only be seen when the character puts on the special sunglasses. I have not mm-hmm. seen the movie in its entirety. I've only seen clips. It's so good. So the message is- I'm here to- Sorry, yeah. I, I, my yeah. favorite quote from that movie, I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubble gum. Yep, that's where that line comes from. And <laughs> all of the subliminal messages are things like obey, consume, things like that, you know. And you can only see them with the sunglasses on, but they're everywhere. They're in magazines. They're all over the place. The movie also has the best fight scene ever in mm-hmm. any movie. It's so good. <laughs> but apparently, apparently the the actors choreo- I read the actors choreographed that scene themselves. I don't know how true that is, but I believe it because it the movie stars none other than the famous Rowdy Roddy Piper. So so that would make sense. But it was a good movie, and it's also very creepy, and I think 
definitely the movie was ahead of its time. When when was it made? The yeah. 80s. Some, the 80s. Sometime in the 80s. I'd have to look it up. Well, I can look it up right now since I have the world's knowledge at my fingertips. It's so weird that we have the internet and we can just look up anything we want almost instantaneously. Yeah. 1988. Oh, okay. John Carpenter says, but that was such a good movie. So those are just a handful of examples from, you know, pop culture or movies or whatever. But there are so many examples. Like the list just goes on and on and on. And I, I was actually sorely disappointed to see that They Live wasn't even on the Wikipedia article of examples of subliminal messages. I was like, how? Really? That's the best one. How is this not in the article? So lame. <laughs> but there are real examples of subliminal messages as well. But before I go start talking about a few of the real examples, um, did either of you want to sort of pipe in and start uh, chatting about stuff? Go for it, ETA. Sure. Yeah. Why not? You know, the first thing that um, comes into my mind when I hear, you know, the 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 title of this uh, podcast here, the, the, this uh, topic, subliminal messages. Um, the first thing I think of is conspiracy theories, right? Mm -hmm. So like, 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 uh, anytime I think this is one of those terms that, uh, and I, I believe we've probably talked about this before, but the first thing I think about is conspiracy theories, that term. And I think that term has been changed because conspiracies are a real thing, right? Theories are a real thing. Conspiracies most definitely happen at every level, uh, you know, within like business, within, you know, um, politics, but within, I mean, there's so much that goes on, right? Conspiracies are a real thing. But I think our subconscious has been molded in a way through like pop culture, through movies and stuff and everything that when you hear that term conspiracy theory, most people automatically think of like somebody with a tinfoil hat on, right? They think about like somebody like Alex Jones, which I think Alex Jones has, has brung up some, some, you know, honest arguments for certain conspiracies or what have you. But the way he presents it, though, he like sensationalizes it so much where I kind of think he's like a, an agent of misinformation in a way, because if the average everyday individual was going to watch Alex Jones and like the way he presents certain uh, material, like even like when he's like, they're making the frogs gay, you yeah. know, <laughs> he, was, he was actually talking about something in reality, but the way he presented it made it seem illegitimate. You know what I mean? Excuse me, so, Joe. Like, Excuse me, Joe. I need to go to the bathroom. I'll be right yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a a ridiculous personality, you know. And so a lot of people, especially just regular everyday individuals that might not so be in the know or eat. interested in this kind of topic in particular, if they see that kind of thing, they're gonna be like, "Well, that guy's a fucking nutball," you know. Or so he'll he'll take something that's real and spin it to a place where it's completely out of control. Like for example, with the Sandy Hook shootings. Crisis actors yeah. are 100% a real thing and news channels do absolutely use them all the time, but that doesn't mean that the shooting was fake, you know? So he takes, yeah. he takes one thing and extrapolates it into something that, that is completely, you know, out of proportion of what it actually is. Although mm -hmm. and the problem with that is that it takes something like crisis actors, which I think is not a good thing. And it makes it seem so ridiculous that people just dismiss it entirely and say, ah, that's, you know, a bunch of nonsense when actually it's not, Yeah, you know? I think yeah, of, yeah, I think of the, Alex the, Jones as an entertainer. Right. Is really what he is. He's sensationalizing yeah. to gain an audience. Yeah. And he can be very entertaining. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But like, I, I think he delegitimizes some of the topics he's talking about because of how ridiculously he presents the topic. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. All right. A so, little, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Were you going to continue? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to get into uh, that, the whole Disney sub, uh, subliminal <laughs> oh, uh, realm. Oh, boy. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I just have a little cachet of uh, Disney ridiculous things like that, you know, has, has been presented in their movies. And some of them might be like just coincidences. And some of them I think are probably, I don't know, animators just like messing around or whatever. Who, who knows? Maybe they're trying to sexualize the children in order to, you know, uh, make them, I don't know, a certain way, I guess I, that they're trying to mold their minds to, to be, uh, more degenerate, <laughs> you know, or something like that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, but, what, 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 uh, Ether wants me to edit that last bit out. It's fine. You can't talk it's, about the well, sexualization no, but look, of children. That's that's one of the theories as to why they would do this. Yeah. That it I, mean, I don't know. There look, there are well, I'm sure ETA will get to it, but there are some surprising things in kids' movies. Why would there be yeah. on for example, on a on a poster for a movie, why would there be a big giant dick on that poster? It's right yeah, there in the middle. That. Right there in the middle. It's yeah, and we're you're talking about the Little Mermaid, right? Yeah, it's yeah, so, so uh, obvious. <laughs> when the when the Little Mermaid was re released on VHS, you guys remember VHSs? Oh yeah, <laughs> I still have a couple back in the days. Uh, when that I mean, obviously that movie was one of the most successful uh, cartoons films that that uh, in that era for for Disney. Yeah, it but was when huge. they re released it, yeah, no, they re released it. Pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, they they re-released it, you know, and uh, on the cover of the VHS box, you see the characters, all the main characters in the front there, and behind the characters is like that underwater castle, right? Um, and there's an unmistakable pillar of sorts within the uh, the architecture of that castle that looks like a, you know a, a big dick. Are you going to you know? show me, I mean, Agent? He's, yeah, he's going to pull it up on I'm going to pull it up for oh, Ether to show her. This phallic yeah. symbol. I oh, haven't yeah. seen it's, it. It's unmistakable, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, and absolutely, like, uh, yeah. I, for, I, for, I forget the name of the artist that actually drew that, um, that the, the, the front of the box there, that picture. But he said that he claimed that, like, you know, he was doing it, like, at 3 in the morning or something. He just, like, was out of his mind, like, just tired. He didn't realize he was doing it, you know, but. All right, hold uh, on. Who I, knows? Who knows? I'm going to look where? In the middle. Okay, hold on. I'm looking. Yeah. The right penis in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> Can't miss it. Yeah, no, I got to admit that is a very odd placement. And it's pretty right? obvious. That is not subtle at all. That is a big giant wow. dick in the middle of that picture. <laughs> a yeah, kid's yeah, movie. And, and, this is a kid's movie here. And I, most of the subliminal just, things. That, by the way, before we continue, I just want to mention, I did not tell her where it was. I just handed her my phone with a picture on it. And she's like, yep, there it is. I did not have to point it out <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong pillar. Oh it's yeah, good architecture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's funny. Even like uh, there's a, there's a, there's another scene also in the Little Mermaid. Um, it's a scene where uh, Prince Eric and uh, uh, Vanessa are being married. And um, oh, no, when they're being married, was, right? Like yeah, uh, you look at the bishop that's marrying them, and it, in a certain scene, it totally looks like uh, the dude has a heart on. You know, dude, it's just and, uh, his it's, knee. It's, Bob Iger well, himself be, yeah. said in an interview, it's just his knee. Yeah, but, but it's totally, kind of out of place. Totally looks like his dick, though. <laughs> You're ruining this yeah, movie he, for me. 
I mean, the live He's action remake. He's excited. The live action remake ruined it for me. But before that, I love the cartoon. Well, just because a modern movie sucks doesn't <laughs> mean that the original doesn't, you know? Yeah. I mean, the original's yeah, yeah. still just as good as it ever was. I didn't actually see the new one, so I withhold judgment on that one. But um, the reviews were either. reviews were not good. Yeah, I, was, I haven't seen it either. I wasn't but. a huge fan of the original. I mean, I've seen it, but it wasn't really, you know. Oh, it's a chick thing, I think. Maybe. I mean, it was a good movie, but yeah. it wasn't like, wasn't my I thing. Think, I think it was, it was geared towards like little girls and stuff, you know. I mean, yeah. I remember watching the movie, you know, when I was younger and, and, and I thought it was, you know, a good movie, I guess, a good cartoon, whatever. You yeah, know, it's it was pretty good. But it, it wasn't the same thing as like some of the other movies. Like I wasn't necessarily super interested in it, but I watched it because it, it was like a, a solid piece, you know, a, a, a cartoon movie that pretty much, I mean, I, I think every kid our age or around our age probably has seen it at least, you know. Okay, one more popular. tangent. One more tangent. Okay. I get to go see The Lion King. Lucky you. After the, Right oh. after Thanksgiving. I'm so so excited. I've been wanting to see it for years. But there's something in The Lion King, so it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, there I'm sure, is. I'm so sure wait, ETL will get to it. <laughs> wait a minute. You've never seen The Lion King? No, I haven't seen it live. Like the, um, oh. the musical. Is this? Oh, okay. It's All supposed right, to yeah. be really All good. Right. So I'm like super excited. Simba, you've been a bad boy. I think that's a line from <laughs> the movie. I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I might be making that up. But... Just to finish up the Little Mermaid thing, um, uh, somebody actually tried to sue the uh, Disney for for that scene. Oh my! Or the, uh, the, the bishop. I, I don't know what happened with that lawsuit if he even came to uh, anything at all. But somebody tried to sue Disney from what Were I they read. traumatized? Well, it's yeah, yeah, it's more an issue of putting dicks in kids' movies. I think that's what they were upset upset with more than you know being traumatized or anything like that. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So with the Lion King, there's a couple different things. Um, th there was a, there was this, uh, well, let's start with the small stuff. There was this promotional poster for a re-release of the movie and uh, with, with like a Simba's, uh, was it Simba's face that was on like the, in the clouds in the background, the way his face was like constructed or, or shaped, it, it looked totally like, like a girl's butt. Yeah. It looks you like know? a, a woman from the, from behind wearing well, a G string. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know that that definitely could be just coincidence, right? I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. think there's anything too nefarious about that. But I've seen the picture, and I was like, "Well, yeah, uh, I could see it." I don't I know. Could, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but there's multiple things with the uh, Lion King. Uh, the other thing is like, uh, there's a scene in Lion King where uh, Simba lays down on the edge of a cliff, and he uh, when he lays down, he he put like a, he basically. Um, pushes out some like dust, a cloud of like kicks out a cloud of dust. And uh inside that cloud of dusk a uh, dust, sorry, uh you can see the word sex within it. And I've I've seen and from what I understand, like the re releases after this was like caught and people started to like, you know, question it, like it, it's not there anymore. But the original releases of the movie, like uh you could totally totally see it. You know, it's not yeah straight up like like uh hard lettered words, but I've I've seen the footage they, and they it looks like that, sex to me. They took it out, I think, um, of later of yeah. like the re-release. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a Google search to show Ether the Lion King woman thong is what I searched. I'm getting all kinds of crazy results. Uh -huh. like, <laughs> what is this? What is this? This is the Pumbaa or whatever. And <laughs> look at that. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Who oh, draws these things? I Somebody don't know. sat down and Look, drew this stuff. That's not a thong, but it is women's underwear with Lion King printed on it. I don't know. But <laughs> no, here it is. So here's here's the poster, Ether. Okay, let's see. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can definitely see it, but it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty subtle. But yeah. that's what well, subliminal so, messaging is. It's subtle. Yeah. That's what it is. That's the name of the game right there. You know, you can't be like like uh, too obvious about it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be subliminal. You know, subliminal. Yeah. But like, there's so many different examples within the uh, the Disney universe, you know, like a uh, of of this type of stuff, and it seems like most of it is like you know like a sexualized type of thing, you know. Here's like, here's an artwork of the main characters doing a sixty nine. I'm not looking. <laughs> I don't want to see that. that. All right, all right. I'll stop. Is that, I'll stop. Is it uh, rule rule thirty four <laughs> or whatever it's called? I don't know. It's just it's just a Google image search. It's just hilarious. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, so let me get through some of the, some some more of these examples here because there's there's a, a pretty good amount of them. And I'm not going to cover all of them. There is a bunch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, let's talk about another classic Disney movie, Cinderella. So Cinderella was a, you know a huge hit for its time. It was a very well made animation, but there is this one scene where you have like so so Cinderella was kind of a, a straightforward serious story at the core of it. But Disney infused characters um, to create like comic value in the in the uh, the uh, cartoon, you know. So um, the one like the one thing that I found funniest the most because I remember seeing this and thinking when, when I was younger, like what the fuck? So all right, there was these two uh, mice called Jack and Gus in the movie, right? A Gus, oh, yeah. Gus. And there's a yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. there's a scene where they they uh, they try to steal some like beads and stuff, right? But being <laughs> rodents and stuff, they have they have nowhere to put the beads. So like, where are we gonna put these beads, right? <laughs> uh, so so Jack ends up uh, threading the beads um, through Gus's tail and like like you know loading them up on his tail and stuff. But like when you see the scenes, like or this scene or whatever, that uh, when when he ends up having enough beads on there. It basically it looks like a like a you know like sexual bead toy that you know uh, people use sometimes. And like, it, looks, it looks like anal obviously, beads. Obviously, thank you for taking. It looks like anal beads. A yeah. cute, memorable scene, and, and now every time I watch that movie, because I watch Disney movies to get to sleep, <laughs> I will not be able to watch that scene without thinking of this conversation. Hey man, I didn't do it. I didn't animate that. You know, like that, that was, it is what it is. Like, if I think you look these at that animators scene, get bored, you know, they're doing all these cartoon cells and yeah. like, how can we entertain each other? You know, they got to let yeah. each other in yeah. on the secret too, but then Let, it gets past the editor. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause maybe the editor is just like a, a lame-o and, and doesn't even realize what he's looking at, but like, right. but I'm sure there's part of this game that has been played with the animators. Let, let's see what we can get past, you know, like, let's just see, you know, what we can do here, you know? It'll be our little joke, you know? Like, so, I, I would, you know, if I was an animator, I would do the same thing, to be honest. I'm trying to get uh, this so I can show it to Ether, but when I search Cinderella anal beads, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's not coming up for some strange Gee. reason. <laughs> I am getting all sorts of interesting pictures, but none of, <laughs> none of the ones I wanted to... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So another another uh, example is actually uh, in that movie uh, Cars, Pixar's Cars. 
Oh, yeah. Um, which is a huge movie for Pixar and Disney. You know, I mean, that was an incredibly popular movie. You know, the kids, the kids love that shit. Oh, you know? I think and, our and kids I, probably watched it a hundred times. I kid you not. And my oldest would I watch believe you. the car movie from his little red tykes car. So he would insist he got in his little car, the one with its red with the yellow uh-huh. top. And he would sit in that yeah, yeah. and watch the whole movie. Yeah, it was so cute. It oh, was very cute. cute yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a. Sorry, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna ruin another movie for you. <laughs> but uh, the, so there's there's a, a couple different scenes, two in particular uh, from Cars and Cars Two. But uh, the first Cars movie. Um, so there, there's a scene when uh, a couple of the cars. Uh, what was what is the main the main car? I've never seen Cars. I've never Lightning watched the movie. McQueen. To be honest. Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Him and somebody else are like driving down the road. I don't forget what, Sally, I don't know what road. Sally, is it the it is, Porsche? I don't know. I've okay. never seen the movie, but I just I just saw <laughs> this, uh, you know, on the internet, so it must be true. But anyways, um, so while they're driving down a the road, they're passing like a truck stop. And uh, the sign of the truck stop says, Top Down Truck Stop. Yep. Where all the waitresses are convertible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. I don't a, mind I a little... Do, uh, I don't mind yeah. a little adult humor thrown into kids' movies. Yeah, and I think actually, like like some movie makers actually do this on purpose with kids' movies. They do it very subtly, you know. So like the kids may not know exactly. They they won't put two and two together, right? So, but it's there for the entertainment of the the parents are going to be obviously there along watching the movie with their, right. their children, you know. So so I, f- I don't I think found- this is like it's not something that's very nefarious. I but. found a still of the Cinderella beads. What do you think, Agent Ether? Uh, it, it does look bad. It looks <laughs> bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and also, like, when, when uh, that other character, uh, Jack, is, like, pulling him up into, like, uh, what's, like, a, a opening in the wall or some sort of whatever. I forget, was it a crack or something? But he's, like, pulling him by the tail. But, like, like the way it's depicted, it's like, well, uh, <laughs> it's... It's Something very, else is going on there too. It's very odd looking. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, a little, little suspect, a little bit, you know. But all right, that's that's probably enough Disney examples. There are so many. We uh, could. I had more. Well, let's let's take a break from those though, because there are so okay. many of them. Let's get to some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. for a little while, right, and then we right. can we can get back to those. So in 2012, well, there's many of these been done, but in 2012 specifically, I was reading about a study that they did with functional magnetic resonance imaging. And they were able to tell specifically that subliminal stimuli activate specific regions of the brain despite participants' unawareness. So in other words, they were able to test the effectiveness of subliminal messages and they were able to prove that they actually do exist or at least they do something. They were able to to detect uh, changes in your brain based on subliminal stimuli, which is pretty cool. So we don't have to wonder, is this real? Is it not real? Is it all our imagination? That kind of stuff. No, it's real. And they've proven that it's real. You know, the debate rages on as to how effective it is, but the debate is not whether or not it's real anymore. The debate is just how effective is it? And they tested this for both auditory and visual stimuli. So the, the visually, I think we talked about it, but visually, you know, they'll, they'll do either flashing something for such a small fraction that your brain can't consciously perceive it. But the, so from what I read, the way this kind of works 
is that, you know, when you're out somewhere, your brain takes in all of this information, but it filters out most of it, right? You only focus on a very small set of the total data available because otherwise you'd go insane thinking about all these, you know, things happening. Think about being in a city, you know, on a busy day where you got all this traffic everywhere, people walking to and from all these billboards and signs, all this, yeah, these too much sounds stimuli. happening. It's just way too much. Yeah, way too much. So what happens is they kind of hook this into your brain before it filters it out and before you're consciously aware of it. That's kind of how it works from what I understand. There's, of course, multiple theories, which we won't go into because it just gets a little bit too nerdy for my taste, at least for this show. <laughs> but they also do it um, with words. They might be printed in such a way to where you can't really tell that it's words. They might be printed backwards. They might hide images in things like, for example, an ice cube might have a certain or reflection. Logos. logos. Logos for companies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Logos. Yeah. And then for audio, they might put messages that are too quiet. They might obscure them with other sounds and they might play things backwards to, so that you don't consciously perceive them. Now the playing backwards one, I'm a little skeptical of the effectiveness of that because like if you hear something backwards, it doesn't sound, you're not going to be able to tell what it is forwards and unless it's yeah. like a palindrome or something, you know? Yeah. In order to like, you, you know, you've heard of all the stories of like, you know, Beatles albums or like any, like, you know, black Sabbath or something like that. If you play it backwards, you can hear like some kind of satanic message or something like that. And I agree with you. Like, if you're even in your subconscious, like, does it, is it really that aware where if you were to hear this thing, like if you're playing the record normally, then technically if there is a backward message, you would be hearing it backwards, not, you know, playing it backwards. So yeah. like, how, how would you even know? Right. When we talked about the stairway to heaven one where the it's, if you play it backwards, it's something like, here's to my sweet Satan, the one who will give you six, six, six or whatever. But the words that it's supposed to be when played backwards don't really make any sense, even though it does kind of sound like that. It just, I don't know if there was a real satanic message, it would be something more sensible than that. I feel like, but one of the debates, one of the debates is whether or not uh, subliminal messages or not whether or not, but how effective can they be? Now it turns out at least as far as we can tell, they aren't really mind control. Like in the movies, you can't use them to actually compel people to do stuff necessarily, but you can use them to direct people, right? So a message to buy a specific brand of soda will only work if you're already thirsty and you don't have to go out of your way to buy it. So if you get a subliminal message while you're in the soda section and you're thirsty, then you might, it might, might change your mind. You might buy it, but it's not going to make you, if you're like, you know, 15 minutes from the nearest soda store and you, you're not even thirsty and you hear subliminal messages, it's not going to change your behavior at all, but they can use this to get people to change habitual behavior, like the brands that you buy and stuff like that, which is pretty interesting. But the creepiest part is that you'll think that it's your idea to change brands. You'll get a subliminal message and you'll think, you know, the message will tell you, Hey, don't buy Coke, buy Pepsi. And then you'll buy Pepsi. You'll be like, I usually get Coke, but I think I'm going to try Pepsi this time just for fun. You know, but you're actually, it's, it's not your idea. You just think it is. So here's a quote, subliminal priming can direct people's actions, even when they believe they are making free choices. That is kind of weird, but 
Here's another quote. If the subliminal stimuli are for a product that is not quickly accessible or if there is no need for it within a specific context, then the stimuli will have little to no effect. So it's real, but it does have limitations, at least as far as we know. But it's it's like food, like fast food. You know how they've dialed in like the perfect amount of salt and fat and flavor to make it addictive? Right. It, I think how I feel is that Maybe subliminal messaging now, they're not able to perfect it. But over time, if it's being used, it would not surprise me to learn at all that it's being used in specific ways. Like they're they're finding out the exact frame rate, the color that works the best, the types of sound, the frequency, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And there are certain things that um, I didn't really do research on because I just didn't have time. But we do know that certain things for a fact happen. For example, brainwave entrainment is a real thing that can be stimulated in a person. So can they combine that with subliminal messages using a very specific set of criteria that can trigger something in a person? They're their methods may be extremely sophisticated by this point. And that leads us to the CIA. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah, baby. So as far as we know, it has very, it's very limited, but has the CIA developed methods that are far more advanced than what we know about? I mean, we know that they were developing stuff, but how far have they gotten? You can't, I mean, we know for a fact that they were trying to develop basically what amounts to mind control. And this goes back to the, probably to the fifties, but how far did they get? Right. Are they, is the NSA able to, sub, to, um, to insert subliminal messages into phone conversations? For example, if I call somebody on the phone, is there some sort of sub audible thing in the background that's telling me to do something, you know, vote for Biden or whatever it is, you know, whatever message there, <laughs> there, I mean, there, there are rumors and hints in certain documents that the CIA did experiment with, um, with trying to sway elections with subliminal messages, but I was unable to find anything concrete, but maybe if I had more time to dig it up, but going through those documents, it's a real slog. Like a, it takes a lot of time and I just didn't have time to go through the CIA angle for that particular thing, which would probably take extra days and days to go into. So here's some more specific examples of subliminal messages. Department stores actually use subliminal audio messages, such as I'm an honest person and I will not steal that they'll play along with whatever audio or music music or whatever it is they have like piped into the quietly store. in the background. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Oh yeah. So they do having worked at a department store though, I'm not sure that that is super effective. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> I don't see that as being a deterrent, but, but what do I know? Employers have used have used subliminal messages like this for all sorts of things to try to retain employees longer, to try to get people to not steal, to try to get sales at car dealerships, all sorts of things. So that's pretty creepy. Uh, in 1978, this is a fun one, a Wichita, Kansas, well, in some ways, a Wichita, Kansas TV station named uh, Cake TV, K-A-K-E TV, <laughs> worked with the police to place a subliminal message in a story about the BTK killer. 
what does BTK stand for again? It's something like bound, torture, and kill. So I didn't look I didn't look up his crimes. I'm not familiar, but I, I wasn't super interested in his heinous deeds. But anyways, he was active between 1974 and 1991. The idea was to get the killer to identify himself and surrender to the police. They put messages in the news story that like uh, one of the messages was now call the chief. And they also put a pair of glasses because one of his victims, Nancy Fox had glasses lying upside down on her dresser. Police felt that seeing the glasses might make the killer feel remorseful and want to turn himself in. Unfortunately, it didn't work and the killer went on to kill more victims and for many more years. Can't I can't blame them for trying. It's a nice effort, but it didn't work. And I think they weren't fully appreciating the mind of a sociopath, you know. <laughs> they don't feel remorse, otherwise they wouldn't be able to do these things in the first place. Now, this is another fun one. The the 2000 presidential campaign for G.W. Bush used a subliminal message in a commercial. They had words on the screen and partial words on the screen during the commercial, and they scaled from the foreground to the background of the screen. So, for example, the word bureaucrats flashed on the screen, but for one frame, it showed only the word rats that was like magnified and went across the whole screen. And there was some debate as to whether this was the people who made the commercial said, oh, it was completely, it's a coincidence. It was an accident. Bull shit. <laughs> Look it up. It is so obviously a subliminal well, that's message. So specific. It's very specific. It's, it's there for like one frame. It's so obviously a subliminal message that it's just like, nah, get out of here, guys. Now, the hilarious thing about this, though, is that the situation was diffused when asked about it. Bush wasn't even able to pronounce the word subliminal correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's kind of a fix. You know, the fix is in. And the Bush family also, you know, they, they are historically known to be tie, uh, tied closely with the CIA for, for many, uh, you know, decades. So, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. It's, it's Papa a, Bush. Surprise. Papa Bush and Vannevar Bush were very clever people. So they, I would put something like, but this one, I mean, GW, not the sharpest stick in the bunch. You know what I mean? Some, sometimes it I think skips a generation. I, kind of tend, <laughs> I tend to think that was a little bit of an act. A little yeah, bit of an act. I think you, you know? might be right about that. That's for sure. But he seems like a cool person to hang out with it there. But I mean, you know, definitely not. Well, yeah, maybe it was an act. I don't know. But anyways, there are several comedy shows that have put messages subliminal message into their shows for example the show the young ones which is a british was a british comedy that used among other things a picture of a man gurning which i didn't even know had a real a name it's g-u-r-n-i-n-g to gurn or gurning well you've seen it before but you didn't know that there was a word for it <laughs> <laughs> so there's your word of the day. You learn something new every day when you listen to this podcast. So there you go. Today you learned about gurning. Go ahead and Google that. <laughs> I found one example that goes way back to 1943 in an animated film starring Daffy Duck. Daffy spins a statue holding a shield. And for one frame, the words buy bonds can be seen on the shield. <laughs> so I don't know, like, that's a weird one. Like, I guess the idea of a subliminal message, they may not have called it that back then, goes back much, much farther than I would have thought. 
And, you know, I saw, we, we watched a documentary earlier and they're talking about it going all the way back to Freud, basically. I don't think Freud talked about subliminal messages, but his ideas are the basis for this in, in part at the very least. So another example I found was that there are many horror movies that have used subliminal messages to freak people out. Most famously, The Exorcist, where they, they'll they show a couple frames of like this demon face, you know, and it is not quite subliminal, but you it's something that goes by in the movie and you're like, wait, what was that? It just, it kind of creeps you out. So that, that was kind of a fun one. And also there was um, the movie... What was it? Apocalypse Now uses a ton, a ton of subliminal messages all throughout the audio. Some of it is to just highlight the action that's going on, but others is to create like a sense of unease or to, you know, to, what, what's up, Agent Ether? Crawling between the couch. Yeah, what a little goofball. But yeah, for example, on one scene, they were shooting a bridge from a helicopter to destroy the bridge. And underneath the audio, they played the sound of like a, a bowling ball hitting bowling pins and knocking those down to kind of highlight the idea of the bridge being destroyed, I guess. So stuff like that. It's not necessarily nefarious. It's to highlight what's going on in the movie. Okay. So the last specific example I have right now, at least in this group, is the Food Network played a frame of a McDonald's logo during their show, Iron Chef America. And they said that it was just a glitch. <laughs> Whoops, we don't know how that got there. <laughs> All right, now here's some, I found some really cool stuff. I looked for subliminal messages on the black vault to see if they would show up in any documents. Uh, I didn't find a whole lot, but I did see a group of complaints to the FCC. So let's go over them because these are really cool. One person was watching Teen Wolf on MTV when they saw translucent logos and advertisements scroll across the screen. That's pretty weird. And I've seen stuff similar to that before too. It's just, usually it's so subtle. You don't really notice it, but I'm guessing in this case, there might've been some kind of glitch. Perhaps their TV wasn't working completely correctly. Their TV was wigging out a little bit that made them more apparent than normal, but that's pretty creepy. Another person, another complaint was watching channel seven. This is 2016. And uh, they were watching a report of a fire on the news when they saw the word Trump flash across the screen. <laughs> their husband did not see it. They, they they saw it, but their husband did not. And I'm wondering if, you know, if this is really a subliminal message, did they really see that or are they just straight tripping? I don't know. Uh, here's, a, here's a direct quote. This one I enjoyed so much that I did not summarize it. I just typed it out. While watching TMZ in the last 20 minutes, I heard a comment, go ahead and expose yourself. Bullying and harassment are ongoing. I should never have to put up with subliminal advertising. That's the law. Actually, it's not the law, but maybe we'll talk about that later. At least not in the States. All right, here's another quote. <laughs> this one. Oh, I love this one. I believe Taco Bell's breakfast commercials with a bell at the end to be subliminal advertising akin to Pavlov's dog in which a body's automatic response to salivate and desire food at the sound of a bell or alarm. Now he's talking about, or this complaint, this person complaining, a he or a she, I'm not sure, is talking about the experiment, Pavlov's dog, where they conditioned dogs to salivate to certain stimuli. In this example, using a bell. So what they would do is they would ring a bell and then feed the dog. So they found that 
they would get to a point where eventually they would just ring the bell and the dog would expect food. That is conditioning. That's what they're talking about. But you have <laughs> the reason why I find this one so hilarious is you have to actually condition a dog or a person with the bell. It, a bell doesn't just make you salivate. <laughs> I guess they really like Taco Bell. Yeah, right. What's their slogan? But Yo quiero Taco Bell. A bell by itself doesn't do anything unless you've been conditioned. So I just like what are they what are they even talking about here? Like you're not a dog that's been conditioned with a bell, or maybe you are, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's another one that okay, here's another good one that I just typed out because it was hilarious. My television is displaying subliminal advertising on all channels of my cable service at all times. Comcast service says it's the TV's fault and we don't know the phone number for the FCC. <laughs> that sounds like something Comcast would say those bastards. How else yep. would the TV be receiving this picture other than from the cable I am paying $200 per month to receive? And if it is the problem with the TV, shouldn't Comcast be on to getting it stopped? Suppose this was porn. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Someone say porn? Yeah, exactly. Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now here's here's another one. I think this is my last one. Here's my last example from the FCC complaints. Currently, the makers of the sleeping drug known as Bell Somra are intentionally, intentionally in all caps, using the, st the simulation of vertical television distortions to capture interest in their product by making the viewer think there is something wrong with their television. This is known to cause seizures in all caps in certain people and oh. is just plain wrong in all caps and an abuse of broadcast television advertising. I demand that this television commercial either be corrected to delete this subliminal advertising technique or removed completely removed completely in all caps from broadcasting television. I am so tired of seeing this commercial and jumping up to try to fix my television. <laughs> you think they'd, you know, learn their lesson after once or twice, right? Which is in perfect working condition, all caps, perfect working condition. Only after jumping up about five times in a row, each time this commercial appeared, did I realize that the advertiser had stooped to such a all caps, low level, Again, all caps for the, find them, remove the ad, ban them. <laughs> Those are all caps. TV is bad enough <laughs> and it's time to make an example. Like, wow, dude, what the hell is even going on with this people, right? I don't think any drug should be advertised on television, but that's just me. Yeah, that's a whole other topic though, right? I mean, this person is clearly experiencing something and I don't think subliminal yeah. adver advertising was the problem. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Let's not get derailed too much on that. I wanted to get to the CIA because we do have oh a little, boy. we do have a little bit of evidence of what they were up to. We don't have a ton, but we have a little bit because you know, that stuff is very, very secret, but operation midnight climax. Oh, giggity, yeah. right? Oh boy. <laughs> this was a sub project of, <laughs> of MK ultra that began in 1954. The CIA ran brothels in San Francisco, Mill Valley, and New York City. They hired prostitutes and coached them on what to do to give customers drugs, including but not limited to LSD. And then after 
coitus and dosing them with drugs, they tried to get these customers to tell them things that were secret. It wasn't necessarily any particular person just to try to get them to talk about stuff that they wouldn't normally talk about. It was an experiment and this ran to at least 1966 that we know about. But once they closed this particular one down in 66, they probably did similar things in other places. Now, before you, before we continue, I would just like to remind people that this is the CIA using taxpayer dollars. This is our federal government using tax dollars to hire prostitutes to have sex and drug people. This is a federally funded program. Hey, what's wrong? This is what's wrong with that? Insane. So the customers. It's for science. I know, right? Sometimes, hey, sometimes you got to do some science with prostitutes. <laughs> you know, I yeah. can get on board with that research project. So the customers did not know that they were being dosed with various drugs. They did not know that they were part of an experiment. And this is, of course, explicitly illegal to do this sort of thing. But we probably talked about that in our MK Ultra episode. But yeah, so the sessions were also monitored from behind one-way glass. What a, what a job, right? You got to watch people take drugs <laughs> and have sex all day. <laughs> you got to write, re- you got to write reports on that, dude. You know, write reports to your superior about this, uh, like, who knows what. Like, I know that this happened, but it also sounds like a South Park episode to me. Dude, you know? it is so crazy. This stuff is so wild. It's just completely bizarre. So in this, this is the reason I'm talking about is in Min- Project Midnight Climax, the CIA also used subliminal messages in attempts to induce them to involuntary actions, including criminal activities such as robbery, assault, and assassination. So that they were definitely trying to get people to do this stuff. And I think there is some circumstantial evidence at the very least that they have been able to achieve these things. By the way, we didn't usually start off with the uh, the Patreon pitch. This was voted upon by our Patreon subscribers. The other choice was the assassination of Robert Kennedy, which it was actually another tie. We've been getting a lot of ties lately. Somebody else joined <laughs> mm-hmm. Patreon, so yeah. they can be the tiebreaker. We need, we need we need more people on there to vote, so we can get some tiebreakers. Yeah, but so I'll probably do the uh, probably do RFK next week, but. That the assassination, I wonder, sometimes I wonder if that was, you know, I think the guy's name was Sirhan Sirhan, which is strange in and of itself, but I wonder if it, it looks like, I don't know. It's weird. We'll talk about it during the case maybe, but it was just, it was weird. And I wonder if they figured out how to do this because they have been trying for a very long time. And even though they closed, closed down project MK ultra, I don't think they ever stopped trying to do these things. And it makes you wonder if they did figure it out. For example, not too long ago, there were a couple of mass shootings involving elderly Asian men, like back to back, like it was either two in the same week or even one. And then the next day there was another and it was elderly Asian men that does not fit the profile of a mass shooter. No, it's, it's usually not at all. like, it's usually like, you know, like a young person who's into heavy metal or you know, like, uh, who knows? Like there's a certain profile that you usually see with these kinds of shootings. <laughs> a big fan of Marilyn Manson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, <laughs> you tend to see certain profiles, but I've never heard of like an, an elderly Asian male. So I'm like, 
was this some kind of test? I don't know. It's really weird. So it, there's no proof. It's just sort of speculation. But anyways, the CIA operatives uh, involved with this apparently also partook of the drugs and prostitutes during the study. <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, when in Rome, I don't know. <laughs> we oh, don't know. Not? We don't know what the results were of these experiments because the documents of MK Ultra were almost entirely destroyed once they started getting a little spotlight on them. This actually, believe it or not, ties into the uh, the whole Nixon thing because once the Nixon tapes I'm were revealed, yeah, I'm not a crook. Once the Nixon tapes were revealed, the, this is how I remember it. I might be misquoting on this, but the CIA started to be like, hmm, they're starting to look into some of this stuff. We better get rid of all our documents just in case. Mm -hmm. So they got rid of all their documents, except some of them were erroneous, erroneously filed in the wrong place. And that's why they weren't destroyed. And that's how we know about MK ultra at all. If it wasn't for that, we probably wouldn't know about it at all, which is just insane. Yep. And it just makes you wonder what kind of crazy shenanigans they got up to that we don't know about. This is just, oh, it, yeah. MK ultra is just a very small part of what they've been doing over the years. So who knows what they've been getting getting up to another interesting thing about MK ultra is that the rise of the counterculture movement in San Francisco in the late fifties and sixties was probably, if not directly from MK ultra was probably a big part of MK ultra fueling that movement. Kind of weird <laughs> that a, a secret government conspiracy actually led to the hippies, <laughs> right? Kind of weird, kind of weird. All right, so we know for a fact that the CIA did research subliminal messages and mind control. We don't know what they achieved, but it's frightening to imagine. Now, I found another document, a CIA document, that was really kind of interesting. It's a discussion of super paper. Super paper. So apparently somebody what? was selling super paper for a dollar a sheet, and the paper itself had subliminal messages printed on it like buy, pay, and yes, you couldn't see obey. the words. Yeah. Obey that kind of thing. Yeah. You couldn't see the words, but the paper was sold to businesses like car salesmen, car dealerships, loan officers, et cetera, et cetera. People who were trying to sell stuff or whatever, or maybe collect debts or whatever. And the idea was that the paper, you would print your contract on there and it would subliminally convince the customer or whoever to do what you wanted them to do. But Get this, the CIA actually tested the paper using various things like ultraviolet lights, microscopes, whatever they could think of, and they were unable to find any subliminal messages whatsoever on the paper. That's because it's psychic paper. <laughs> huh. Because the paper was probably just a scam. There were no subliminal messages. So the CIA actually told this to certain people, like a chiropractor, and the chiropractor insisted that they got results from the paper and that they would continue to buy it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a fun little blurb I found. Uh, you know, huh. pretty pretty weird, pretty interesting. There's there, like this touches on so many different things. It's just really a never-ending well of weirdness. You know. Oh yeah. I found. Another interesting thing having to do with the government, not necessarily the CIA. This was on politicalinsights.net. I found a sign-off video of the Star Spangled Banner. For all you kids out there, public television that used to, you know, used to have antennas on your TVs, used to have, used to have a cathode ray, cathode ray tube 
televisions. There are these big boxy things. You'd have to put antennas up to get the signal. You didn't get it through a wire or whatever, or the internet. It was just, you know. I remember those days. It was just broadcast just like the radio. Every night at about midnight or whenever, they would they would stop broadcasting. Um, they would turn off, the, they would end the TV, the TV programming, usually with, um, with the sign-off video of the Star Spangled Banner. And this particular video, supposedly from the 1950s, has the words to the song at the bottom of the screen, but hidden within the words are messages such as trust the government, obey, and stuff like that, that you can only see when you slow down the video. And you can see this when the words come onto the screen, there's sort of like a left to right wipe effect. And as that wipe effect goes for just a fraction of a second, you can see these letters spelling out these things like trust the U S government. This is like a huh. real, you can find this video. It's all, it's out there. It's really kind of, kind of weird. And it kind of like, it's, it's really creepy, but being, you know, of a, of a skeptical mindset. Sometimes I tried to find other examples of sign off videos and I was unable to find a sing one other example. I could not find even one other example that had the words on the video, only this video. And this video did not have the words sung in the video. In other words, it was instrumental only. There are sign off videos that do have the words, you know, Oh, say, can you see, you know, that thing. So there are videos with the words, but even those videos did not have the lyrics captioned at the bottom. Another thing that I found suspicious was that at the beginning, you know, Oh, say, can you see there's an underscore under between the words? Oh, and say, which I thought was a little odd. I don't think you would normally caption it with an underscore. It just, it just seemed off to me. And if you pay attention, it looks like a modern video effect. So I hate to say it. I'm not buying this one, even though it is a pretty interesting video. I'd like to know what everybody else out there thinks. If you, if you check this video out, let me know what you think. Do you think it's real? Do you think it's fake? Personally, I think it's fake. Well, the video is clearly real. It's a real video. It's a real sign off video, but I think the words were added after the, after the fact. And I think they're just using a video effect to create, you know, the illusion of, um, of a subliminal message. And I've even seen similar things to this in video editors myself. So I, I just, I'm not buying it. I don't know. Still pretty cool though. Still, still pretty, pretty damn creepy. All right. Now yeah. let's see. I talked about that. I talked about apocalypse now. All right. So we have a couple more Disney ones that you probably, let's see. So did you. Did you, okay, Lion King, you did the one where Simba lays down and kicks up dust that spells sex, and it very clearly spells sex. And the funny thing was that uh, the artist said, no, 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 it doesn't say sex. It says SFX, like special effects. We're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not. No, nah, that's that was, not what that it That was says. clever, though, of them to say that. Yeah, yeah, nice try. Nice try, buddy. <laughs> but there's there's plenty of other ones. Like, for example, Jessa Ra- Jessica Rabbit, which it's not a Disney oh, movie. Oh, I was right? just... Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Flashing Roger, Roger rabbit, full on nudity flashing when she falls out of the car or whatever you can, you know, clamshell and everything. <laughs> and yes, gentlemen, if you're wondering, she is shaved. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, no, I remember as a, as a little kid, like we had the VHS of that. And I remember, I remember hearing about it. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go look at that scene, you know? And I remember like, like uh, watching the VHS and like hitting like, stop, pause, play, pause, play, pause. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, I was like trying to find the scene that, that one little clip, that one little frame, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I was never able to really like capture that frame. I don't know. Maybe the VHS that I had or, had already been edited or what have you. But or, yeah, it's definitely something I search for. It could just be the player too, because none of the players that we had were very high end and you could not go frame by frame through the video. Yeah. Some of them yeah. did allow that, but ours did not. We just, we just had whatever consumer stuff was out there. It was, they, they worked, they weren't horrible, but they were not high end things either. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, absolutely. There's the, uh, the Aladdin one, good teenagers take off your clothes. There's an audio clip. Oh Yeah. When he's trying to, it, it's supposed to be like telling a tiger to go away or something, but it kind of sounds like yeah. good teenagers take off your clothes like that. But well, I, so the, I listened, the official, the yeah, go ahead. The official text, the official text is is when uh the guy that uh, what is his name? Uh, well, Aladdin. He's uh, pretending to be Prince Ali. Fabulous, he Ali Ababa. He got the monkeys. He got the monkeys. I don't think that's, that's how it really went, but I remember that. But anyways. Yeah. Um, he, he's like hiding in her, uh, laying in her, in her room and unexpectedly he comes across her tiger and, uh, he tells the tiger, uh, good tiger, take off, scat, go. That's the official, like, you know, text of what he is supposed to have said. But when you listen to, and I did actually listen to this, uh, scene a couple times and it does kind of sound like he says, good teenagers, take off your clothes. It does kind and, of. It's, it, it it does sound like that. It sounds more like that than good tiger take off scat. Go. Yeah. And the you problem know? is that it's masked by other sounds like animals making sounds and music and things going yeah. on. And he says it really kind of quietly. So it's, it's not like you can hear it clearly. It goes by real quick and it's really hard to tell, yeah. which if you were doing a subliminal message, that's exactly how you would do it. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. there's, so there's a couple of, like there's a couple of them that are not subliminal messages like uh, for example in Ratatouille there's one part where uh, this is just another dirty joke not really subliminal messages but he's uh, the guy is in like the the food the cupboard or whatever and the guy comes in and says what are you doing in here and he's just like oh I'm just getting familiar with the vegetables or whatever and then the 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 chef guy says one can get too familiar with vegetables you know <laughs> and then there's another yeah. one where the food critic says what is he? Says, what do you see insinuating there? Yeah, exactly. Right. There's another one in the movie where there's that food critic. He says, I don't just like food. I love it. If I don't love it, I don't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there's, there's an older Disney movie called the rescuers that just flat yes. out straight up has a picture of a naked woman in the background in one of the, one yep. of the windows of background, just straight it's up unmistakable full on. You have to, you, yeah, you have to, you have to pause it at the right moment. But if you do, it's like there, there's no if ands or buts about it. That is a, a topless naked woman. Yeah. You know, one, like 100%. Yeah. And this was back, I think in the seventies when, you know, people weren't quite as uptight about this kind of stuff. Maybe, you know, probably some, people goofing off in the animation room. I don't know, but, uh, it's there. It's not subtle at all. If you find the right frame, you know, now there was uh, let's see, I, did I talk about the, I didn't talk about the cigarette ad yet. Now, another one that was in this documentary was the cigarette ad. It was a Marlboro ad with a, they put a penis in the rocks. 
<laughs> part of the rocks looks like a big giant penis. And this one's interesting because some researchers took the ad and they airbrushed the penis out of it to where it just looked like regular rocks. And they showed both ads to different groups and they were actually able to detect differences in the people that saw the ad with the penis in it. And if you look at it, it's not super obvious. Like you, you have to look at it carefully. And even then you're kind of like, oh yeah, it kind of does look like a penis, I guess, but it's not super obvious. So the fact that they were mm -hmm. able to detect differences in the observers is pretty surprising actually. And this, this gets us to one thing that um, we've been talking about is why would they put all of these, all of these penises and boobs and all this stuff. Why would they put these in to these kids cartoons and all this other stuff. One of the conspiracies is that they're trying to affect the children somehow, you know, that's one of the ones, but one, actually it turns out that the subliminal messages that work best are things that get us to think about, you know, something either very negative or something very positive. So they get us to think about either sex or death. So there'll be a lot of images for example, images of ice cubes in an alcohol commercial that look like pictures of skulls when you look at them in the right angle, or it might be a skull that's elongated, things like that. Or there are pictures that are reminiscent of sex, like genitalia and things like that. So it might not be that they're trying to do anything to the kids specifically. They might just be relying on certain well-proven techniques that certain imagery does provoke response. It's a fact. It's a proven fact. So that might be all there is to it is that more subtle things don't work as well as less subtle things. And that's why they're using these things because like words, like for example, in the lion King where the word sex is in the background temporarily, you know, it goes by real quick. They put, there's a lot of advertisements where they hide the word sex as well. You can look it up online. If you don't believe me, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. So this is, it's, it's something that works and they use it everywhere. So I don't think it's necessarily, um, anything having to do with the kids. And I do think there are some of these things are just artists goofing off, trying to hide penises in the pictures. Cause that's just what they do. You know, I, I was, I, I spoke with, um, one time I, I met a, a video game, uh, a v VR artist, what do they call them? Video game artist or whatever, who did like the assets for a certain video game, which I don't want to get this person in trouble. So I'm not going to even say, but he said that like him and some of his video artist friends did a project where they made assets for the video game that were pornographic, let's say like, you know, sex toys. They didn't, it didn't end up in the game, but like they were just goofing around making this fake items for the game, <laughs> just, just for fun, you know, just as a goof. So I think that might also be part of it, but I think that that's not all of it. I think some of these definitely are subliminal messages, like without a yeah. doubt they are. Now we mentioned, yeah, and who knows? Who, yeah, who knows exactly who it's uh, you know tailored to? Because you know um, a big co a company like Disney knows very well that like this these movies, these cartoons, whatever you want to call them, you know they're going to be seen by not just a lot of children but a lot of adults too. So I don't know who they're exactly tailoring this uh, subliminal messages to, but it could be a, it could be a twofold thing where there is both. Like they're they're 
trying to affect uh, adults and children, you know? Yeah. All right. Now let's get to the legality of it. So it turns out that some countries have made subliminal advertising or subliminal messages illegal. I think, um, Britain and Germany, maybe there's not that many of them. So in the United States, something really interesting happened. There was a, uh, I think it was 1957. There was this guy who claimed to have done an experiment in a movie theater, putting subliminal messages to try to get people to buy more popcorn and soda. So he claims that he did this and it worked fantastically. It turns out after the fact that this is probably completely made up, but it did cause people to sort of freak out about subliminal advertising. So over time, it kind of snowballed and the uh, people were like, okay, we need to ban this stuff. TV channels and advertisers or whatever, they got together and they made a couple of different organizations like the American Association of Advertising Agency. And there was another one too, I forget which one, but they created organizations specifically to deal with this sort of thing. And uh, they said that, yeah, we checked it out and it doesn't even work anyways. So you don't need to outlaw it. You don't need to ban it because it doesn't even work. Yeah, but, don't worry about it. Nothing, nothing to see here. But if it didn't work, why would they put so much effort into lobbying the government, including starting uh, industry organizations specifically for that purpose? If it didn't work, why would they spend so much effort convincing us that it yeah. didn't work and making sure that they didn't pass laws against it? Because if it didn't work, they wouldn't care. They'd just be like, yeah, sure. Pass all the laws you want. It's a yeah. useless tool. We don't care. Outlaw it as much as you want. It doesn't work. So yeah, well, they wouldn't put they <laughs> wouldn't put that much effort into it, right? Why yeah. why create an an organization like that if there wasn't something there to go off of? You know, like some some reason to put that much effort into that. You know, yeah. So uh, they say that it doesn't work, but I'm convinced that it does <laughs> because they say it doesn't. They try to convince you it doesn't. It's a reverse psychology thing. Really weird. But so another idea is another um, not just. Uh, happy and sad, but they also want to apparently make you feel anxious and bad and things like that. Because the idea is that if you're happy, they won't be able to sell you something. So in advertising, they want to try to make you feel anxious because then they will have a need that they can fill, right? So this is a subliminal tool that they use in advertising. I forgot to mention that earlier, but the, this they, the um, documentary we watched earlier touched on how they advertise to women and they try to make women feel bad about something in particular about like, you know, how, you know, like how they look physically or something like that. And this is like a, a well-known thing that is discussed sometimes. And I always kind of dismissed it, but there was one time years ago when I was just like, I was bored, I was stuck somewhere and I was just flipping through a woman's magazine and something just clicked in my head. Like I started to see what they were doing. If you click through it, it's like, it's how they frame the angles. It's the expression on the model's faces. It's just how things are framed in there. They're designed to make you look when you're reading it to make you feel not good. You know, it's hard to describe exactly how it's done. Have you ever gotten this impression, Agent Ether? I don't read uh, women's magazines and it's actually for that reason in part, like something like Cosmo, you know, I'm like, huh, I 
feel like I'm doing everything wrong. I don't wear makeup. My hair doesn't look like that. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it was just this weird moment I had where it just, everything just sort of clicked into place and I'm like, oh shit, it's all true. What they say about, you know, this subliminal stuff in this magazine, like they didn't necessarily use the word subliminal, but I had seen stuff in the, in the press or discussions before about how that, you know, these magazines try to make women feel bad about themselves so they would buy the products. And it's, it's absolutely 1000% true, at least in my opinion. All right. So let's move on to something that, uh, I saw this, this was in the documentary. I don't know, but it's fun. So I'll throw it out there. So they were saying that, uh, well, some person in the, one of the people was saying that harp, remember we did an episode on harp. Were you on that one, agent ether? No, no, I wasn't. So harp can be used to turn the ionosphere into a subliminal weapon. Apparently, <laughs> according to, according to the documentary we watched earlier, uh, by influencing brain patterns with ELF waves, ELF waves can cause brain effects like brain entrainment, which we mentioned earlier. And I, here's, here's something for, here's a definition from brain entrain, entrainment, entrainment. I just wanted to throw out there. <laughs> Uh, brain entrainment, also referred to as brain wave synchronization or neural entrainment, refers to the observation that brain waves, large scale electrical oscillations in the brain, will naturally synchronize to the rhythm of periodic external stimuli, such as flickering lights, speech, music, or tactile stimuli. As different conscious states can be associated with different dominant brain wave frequencies, it is hypothesized that brainwave entrainment might induce a desired state. Researchers have found, for instance, that acoustic entrainment of delta waves in slow wave sleep had the functional effect of improving memory in healthy subjects. So I, I wanted to throw that definition out there because it is scientifically known that some stuff is real, but we don't know exactly what can be used for what, but the point is, is that the CIA has a lot of funding and they've been doing this for a very long time. So if we figured out that something happens, they've probably figured out how to weaponize it, you know, but all right. So yeah. we're going a little long here. I do have more stuff a little bit, but well, basically to finish up on harp, it's all speculative, but we know that harp is run by DARPA. So they're up to something over there, what they're up to, I don't know, but let's wrap this up because it's getting a little long. So my final thoughts are in today's technological age, uh, can any, any and all devices could potentially sub, uh, insert subliminal messages. Your television could overlay them, you know, LG, we have an LG television that might overlay them. Your internet provider could, you know, your cell phone could, the apps on your cell phone. There's so many layers to this that could potentially do it. And it's so subtle that it would be almost impossible to prove that it's being done. So I see that, uh, I, I foresee that this is a problem that's only going to get to work, only going to get worse over time as they hone the technology and figure out more effective ways of doing it. And of course, I'm skipping over the question of, do I believe that it's real? And do I believe it's happening? Of course it's real. And of course it's happening. So that's kind of my final thoughts, just real quick. Agent Ether. Yeah, I guess it's just a question of how effective right. it is. And I wish there were more studies out there, more modern studies. Oh, there's a bunch. You just have to look them up. There are a bunch. I had a propaganda class in college, and it would be really interesting to have an episode where we just talk about 
different ways in which the government tries to control the populace. Well, I think propaganda is on the list. If it's not, it should be. So I'm going to go ahead and put it on there. Awesome. ETA? It's, it's tied in. It's tied into this whole subject, you know. Yep. And uh, Asia Anderson, I completely agree. I couldn't have said it better like as far as my opinion goes on this topic. I think that uh, this is something that has been used for many generations, maybe all the way back to, you know, when when advanced civilization first started. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. If you'd like to help the show out, you can do so by leaving us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts and suggesting the show to your friends. Keep it strange. Nah, you're never